Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you enjoyed the first episode of the Dallas Cowboys on Hard Knocks. We are here to react to everything that we saw in episode number one. We are joined by an incredible panel from Blogging the Boys. Tony Catalina, who you can see at bloggingtheboys.com. Roy White, who you can hear every Thursday on Riled Up with Tom Ryle, one of our favorites. And Meg Murray, who you can hear every Friday with Kelsey Charles on Girls talking boys the gtb crew follows the riled up crew nice uh in sequential order on the week roy i start with you uh what was your first takeaway the first thing you want to see the first thing you want to say i was going to say spit out uh, maybe you want to spit it out but uh in response to hard knocks and the dallas cowboys presence on it well i think it was the initial reaction that they give you right from the jump right is like okay let's get right into the emotions right the emotions of what we all felt when we saw what we saw with Dak Prescott going down a season ago and the emotions that we, I think, anxiously held in, right, as we're looking towards this season. And then, of course, you know, a little bit of Jerry thrown in there to give you exactly what you're looking for. And away we go, man. I mean, the first feeling you get, is it not absolute, like, glorious excitement that it's finally here? It is. Uh, Meg, this whole idea was really yours, if uh, we're being completely <laughs> honest. Uh, we'll be doing these after every episode of Hard Knocks. We'll be here for the next couple of weeks reacting to the episodes. As soon as every episode of Hard Knocks airs, we'll all jump on. We'll give our thoughts on what happened. Meg, you're a bit of a reality TV buff, so you maybe stole this from uh, a number of different reality television productions <laughs> that put this together. Your thoughts. You Again, you were the most juiced to, to discuss Hard Knocks. And I remain that way. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I think the opening scene, though, like Roy said, was kind of jarring just to see that scar. Like, I wasn't expecting that right off the bat. But, I mean, they gave us a little bit of everything, and it was, like, it's so fun to watch this team. I was so excited. Um, Jesse says, no spoilers. Um, I think this is a sarcastic comment because the entire point of this discussion is to literally talk about the episode. So uh, <laughs> if, you, uh, if you don't want spoilers, yeah. you've come Bye. to the wrong place. We'll see uh, you. <laughs> Tony, your favorite moment. Let's start there. Your favorite moment from the episode. I have one. I'm pretty certain that one of you is going to have mine. But, Tony, we start with you. Um, you know, I just love the, the, the camaraderie with Micah Parsons. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a kid, a big kid out there just having a good time. So just seeing how he interacts and he has that youthfulness about him and he's just excited to play football. So anytime Micah Parsons came on the screen for me, I was kind of just like juiced up. Cause you know, that's our first round pick and he's just happy to play football, happy to be there. Yeah, for me, my favorite moment did involve Micah. Um, it was the conversation that he had with Dan Quinn during the hall of fame game on the phone. It was kind of like, 
almost father to son. Like you can't go outside. You can't play. It's too cold. You know, you're going to slip. You're going to fall, whatever. Um, I also, I don't want to bag on Leighton Vanderesh, Roy, uh, but LVE telling Micah like, man, dude, you're just trying to make every play. Yeah. That's the point. Leighton. Like to literally make every play. I Was that a demerit? Am I reading too much into that to say that, that Leighton's mentality isn't off to the right start here? No, uh, it's, it's the exact same reaction I had in the moment in the same way. Like, wait a second. Like, don't you want him to want to make every play? Now, granted, I understand if he's speaking from a, a scheme perspective, right? Like funnel the play in. And Dan Quinn kind of reiterated, reiterated that when they talked about the play. So that backed it up, I guess, a little bit. Made me jump off him a little bit. But 100%, when I heard him say that, I'm like, well, this is why you're not, you know, this is why you're not the leader. Like, this is why Micah Parsons might be in a position to take over the leadership role, maybe just behind Tank from a veteran standpoint. But from a vocal standpoint, he's got all that in him and, and I, the ball. I agree. That's why Micah's got the green dot on the back of his helmet. Roy, what was your favorite moment? Was it John Fossil's biology lesson, uh, the vast deference and, and everything that we were uh, we were led to understand uh, in his, his meeting with his players? I mean, it's not for everybody, but <laughs> for me in my situation, like that was the most informed. I will be rewinding that and rewatching that actually uh, specifically to get some more information. Like as we're all in a time where we're hopefully – seeking out more information from professionals. Um, it's these types of conversations, though, that really sway we sway us one way or the other. And uh, I'm leaning towards getting snipped myself, so thank you, Bones. Hey, uh, you know, if, if this can be an educational process, I mean, I'm, I'm all for that, Roy. Um, soon to be congratulations to you, I suppose. Uh, maybe you <laughs> won't you. be able to make all of our uh, post-episode discussions. Maybe you'll be on the men. Uh, who knows? But, Meg, your favorite part, because, again, you are the reality TV queen. Was it something obvious or was there something specific? Did you like Zeke snatching Dak's bike? Like, what was the moment that, that you are going to hold near and dear to your heart for the next seven days? Um, I think it was just the like the way they were able to like really portray the whole Dak and Zeke dynamic. Um, so yeah, the bike stealing, the wrapping of the paper, and like having to look it up on YouTube. Um, that was I it was, it was cute. But I think my favorite part has to be anytime you can make an Austin Powers reference, oh. like then you everything that you do is just like elite to me. Yeah, um, another level. How many players got that reference? That's a good point, Roy. Um, because Austin Powers was like early two thousands, right? Ish. Right. Um, I mean, even even Goldmember was kind of like oh three, oh four. Um, you know, I would love to have been near Mike McCarthy the first time he watched. Like, like I I imagine Mike McCarthy owns like six DVDs, and three of them are the Austin Powers trilogy. You know what I mean? Um, but I just want to know the like point where he was like, "This is what I'm gonna do. We're gonna do Mojo." Yeah. So, Meg, I want to. <laughs> I don't want to go there. Um, again, a super biologically driven episode uh, for the Cowboys here on episode one of Hard Knocks. But Meg. Every Hard Knocks, you've seen all of them. Again, Meg watches all reality television. 
the challenge on MTV comes back tomorrow. We won't re be recapping that show, but still exciting. Um, and so every year there are people who who grow on on football fans in general uh, throughout the duration of Hard Knocks. I really thought that that might be Dan Quinn this year, but after one episode, I kind of feel like the the person whose stock has been boosted the most, you know, for lack of a better term, might be Mike McCarthy. He, he came across really likable in this episode. He really did. We got a lot of, um, I, I guess, like you can listen to press conferences of his and just kind of get an idea from him. But to hear him be candid in the locker room, like you don't usually get that access. So like he's in there just like cussing up a storm, calling him like F around Troy or whatever or Tony or whatever he was calling him. And just like you don't get that from his press conferences. So I loved it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, who else, Tony, for you, do you think is 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 going to become more of a fan favorite after this episode? Because, you know, like Dak shined in this episode, but that, you know, that's a common thing. Like people already love Dak. And, you know, like even at the end, the little kind of I don't know. I don't know what the opposite of a cold open is. Like, is it a cold close? Um, but like telling, you know, hey, I'm mic'd up. Like you want to give a shout out, whatever. But who's somebody else? Not Dak, not McCarthy that you think people are really going to love this week. Uh, you know, you kind of said it, Dax low-hanging fruit. I mean, he just made his stock go up any like much more in the eyes of Cowboys fans, and like he couldn't do it m anymore anyway. Um, but for me, it's, you know, it's, I know they had a lot of emphasis on some of the stars on the team, and I just love to see Ezekiel Elliott. And, you know, he's always known to be like a goofy guy and somebody that plays around. So to like he, like Meg said, see him messing around with the president, seeing him stealing bikes and just, you know, just being that type of character that like we, we think we know Zeke as and you kind of see it around the team. But to kind of emphasize that and see that behind the scenes, I kind of love seeing that. Uh, Roy, what did you not see? that you wanted to see like you know right now you're sitting here and you're you're bummed like we got again it was a really anatomically driven episode cd getting hurt in the same area that bones Foss was talking about that mike mccarthy's talking about like you know it, it, it is hbo the home box office is a little bit more graphic content than say abc <laughs> family uh but so was there something that, you, that that they left to be desired that you didn't get tonight well i mean i will say like for all the hype of all the plays that CD Lamb has made throughout training camp. I'd like to know a little bit more about the person that is CD Lamb, the personality that is CD Lamb. And we got a, a smidge of it, right? He had a conversation with Micah Parsons, told him he needed to up his swag game, right? He still had a couple weeks to do that because if he's going to be out there making plays, you know, he needs to look the part. And that was a, a smidge, but I kind of expected, like in the highlight reels, we might see a little bit more of CeeDee Lamb. I expected we might get a profile, but we still have plenty of time, right? There's so many interesting individuals from this team that we didn't, outside of Micah Parsons, right? We didn't get any kind of rookie profile. Um, yeah, I do think that's interesting because I feel like national football fans don't really know CD because we didn't get a lot of content for lack of a better term around him last year with it being the, the first COVID year and everything. And so um, he's somebody that I think people would like to get to know. And you're right. There have been a lot of opportunities for that, which is really interesting. I think the, the most, you know, the person who was profiled that might be the most new besides Micah Parsons might have been Isaac Alarcon. Like the moment, like that seriously might have been it. Like just the, the moment, as small as that moment was, the moment of cake. Um, I was going to say, he's going to be a fan. He's going to be a fan favorite. He was a big moment on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he, immediately a fan favorite. He is in the, uh, to stick, 
you know, with the DFW theme, the Boban category of like beloved players. Um, you know, like he's he's that and he's somebody that a lot of people are already rooting for naturally. Um, that was interesting. Um, AA says, yo, I really liked him. I agree. Paul says, I want some cake. Um, I did want to bring up uh, this to you, Meg. Um, during the Mojo montage, um, I would love to know if NFL films referred to it that way, like when they were cutting it. Um, but, um, you know, it's it's actually it was so difficult to kind of get juiced for that because it's like, OK, well, here comes Garrett Gilbert and Cooper Rush and Ben DiNucci. Like how much Mojo is there really in this moment? Um, but and I, I can't wait to go back and watch this. Obviously, we jumped on right after like this this epic, you know, like, you know, throw from Ben DiNucci goes straight to Donovan Wilson on the sidelines, like just not, not even on the field. I mean, just the worst throw that you could ever see. Um, you and Kelsey were the first, I believe, to nickname Ben DiNucci the Nooch uh, last year after the Cowboys drafted him. He has not had a great week uh, when it comes to uh, being on television. Yeah, the nooch is gonna nooch, you know. Um, yeah, he didn't. I mean, he didn't have a good showing at the Hall of Fame game. We've been seeing him like struggle in practice, so I'm not surprised that that got highlighted. But you know, um, hard shakeout for the guy. It's a hard knock life, if you will. Nice, uh, mandatory, but nice, Tony. It felt like speaking of how bad the Hall of Fame game was, uh, that the, that like. NFL films was like, you know what? This sucked. Like, we'll do, we're just going to fast forward. We're going to show all the Micah stuff and we're just going to fast forward through the end because nobody wants to see this. It, yeah, it just seemed like they kind of just hurried it through, right? Let's get some little Micah content, with, which I loved with him and Dan Quinn, begging to get back on the field one more, just go warmed up. But, you know, outside of the little interactions of Micah and Leighton Van Nash on the sideline, there really wasn't much to see in that game, to be honest. Uh, Roy, uh, great sort of uh reminder from i think it's shoppy 2014 here um jerry with jerry. just a, a salt shaker on his desk i mean he's getting he's getting the most like pressing information of camp so far about dak and the involvement of the texas rangers and just is casually like unwrapping his i, I think it was a burger um and it's no. not like no it, it wasn't a it was a griddle i'm no, not a mcdonald's like, stand so like, like i, I really out, but you know whatever but um, the point here, and by the way, Shopee did uh, correct uh, themselves here. Um, and so, first of all, like, dude, Jerry, that is loud. I mean, like, we've all been on the phone with somebody who's like done, and you're like, what are you doing, dude? Like, well, you going through a hurricane or something? Um, so that was the first thing that I thought about. But then, like, does the salt shaker just sit on Jerry's desk permanently? You know what I mean? Because it wasn't like a wide desk. It was a very specific desk that didn't have a lot of stuff on it, but it did have a salt shaker. Also, it was not a disposable sh salt shaker, right? Right, when, yeah. When we would go out to California, like, for a month, right, you would just get the one salt, one, sh like, one pepper, and that's all you would need for the month. But that was a very, like, stylized salt shaker. And he definitely poured it for a much longer amount of time than I think is necessary for the size of a McGriddle. Yeah. I, I, if any salt is necessary already. at all. Right? Yeah. If any salt is necessary at all, like the sodium content alone is extremely high. But that is why Jerry is in the shape that he is in. And that is why he's probably got another 20 or 30 years left in him. Big griddles of the secret. I had a lot of questions about it because it wasn't like the bag was there. You know what I mean? Like it was just the meal, you know, so it's like somebody did a run. Um, Someone and delivered it to him on a plate. Like it's right. like high society service, right? He has to like call the front desk, but it's still a big griddle 
Um, wrapping. And they haven't even unwrapped it. So <laughs> something that was cool. Uh, right there. Roy, okay. you've been out to Oxnard several times. I've been out several times. Meg, I believe you've been. Um, and so it was cool to see the Marriott compound like profile because that, it's such become. a difficult yeah it's such a difficult thing to describe to people like what i've always told people it's kind of like an apartment complex uh the way everything is set up there and so that was really cool didn't really get to see the tennis courts which was a bit of a bummer it was really just the focusing on mike mccarthy during the press conferences uh but it was still nice it felt normal um especially with the dag stuff early on like in the crowd and everything like that meg how much did your heart sink when we saw the dak injury unfold because even though Knowing now, <clears throat> excuse me, makes me emotional uh, that he's trending in the right direction. It still made me feel hesitant and, and made me feel scared and nervous. Again, even like it's kind of like I remember watching this documentary on the scariest roller coasters in the world and like freaking out on my couch, even though, you know, I was not on the roller coasters on the couch. Oh, yeah. I mean, so I was unfortunately at that game wearing an unlucky Navy jersey, which I may have to burn at this point. No, um, I'm talking but, about the the day the day of the muscle strain, oh, not the, the day with the ankle. Strain. I thought yeah. you were talking about the beginning. I was like, well, it took me back to that. No, it's very right. sad. <laughs> the no, so what? Strain, like yes. seeing the conversation with Jim Maurer and Mike, like seeing Mike McCarthy get dejected yeah. really made me feel for him because it, it reminded me of of. Bill O'Brien uh, when the Texans were on hard knocks and they ran up to him and told him that Arian Foster was hurt and he cursed and which, you know, it's a family show here. We're, we're you know, we're not talking all the anatomical stuff that the Cowboys were. Uh, so it reminded me of that. Like I felt bad for Mike McCarthy again, knowing that everything has turned out all right. Generally. Yeah. I mean, I think your heart just instantly sinks the second something like that happens. You're like, we were, we're doing so good. Like, how can we have a setback? He's, he's like wanting to be in every snap. How is this a problem? Like, when did this happen? You just like, I feel like your mind just starts racing. I think I got a muscle strain from just like holding onto my couch a little bit, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's rough to watch. And especially like, it's, it's good to watch again. Like we said, Mike McCarthy get emotional and like, sh like show a different side to him that we don't see. Um, so it's just, it's very layered and I, I didn't like it. <laughs> um, Tony, did it make you relive? That was, for anyone that does remember, even just a couple of weeks ago, that was a really dark 30 minutes on Twitter. Just like when when we were in the vagueness of it all, uh, did it did it peel or, or pick at those scars for you, Tony? Oh, absolutely. You seeing kind of how Mike McCarthy took it. And in the moment, you don't know. I mean, is this you know a serious issue? And you're kind of trying to analyze it in the moment. And you kind of just bring back to, like you said, Twitter was a dark place for those 30 minutes trying to figure out what is the deal? How could this happen again? Like what's going on? So it definitely brought me back into that moment. And just to see that they're kind of going through it the same. I'm like, oh, here we go. You know, now that we're on the other side of it, it looks like you starting to threw the ball around a little bit today. So it looks like the lights at the end of the tunnel. But it definitely had a little nerve wracking feeling watching that over again. Uh, Roy, we haven't totally loved on Dak. I mean, it, it, it is an obvious thing. I mean, he's, he's the star of the show. He's the star of the Cowboys and it was his birthday and everything like that. Did you feel like any of our past or prior convictions of Dak were further cemented? Did you feel like this was a proper display on who he is? Like, what was your general read on Dak Prescott tonight? You know, there was someone, and um, I apologize because the comment's gone off my screen now, but there was someone who had mentioned that I was a little bit surprised at the fact that Dak Prescott was, like, talking smack directly to Garrett Gilbert as he was coming off because he wasn't being wet on the field. Like, I understand Dak, the competitor, 
wanting to be out there, but I did think he would understand what Mike McCarthy was trying to do. And, you know, I guess it's always going to be up to, for debate whether or not he's doing it because he knows he's mic'd up and because it makes good television or because he's doing it because it's 100% authentic. I choose to believe that it's authentic from Dak Prescott. I believe that, you know, he really does want to be out there in that regard. And that kind of caught me off a little bit because, I mean, you really don't see Dak lose his cool over anything. And to have it happen on the field because he's not getting enough reps is kind of funny. The other part, though, I did want to give credit to Mike McCarthy, and I think fans need to recognize they obviously are putting an incredible amount of effort into tracking players during their performances in practice. And they did a, a short little blurb on that uh, about kind of how they were measuring. I didn't fully understand it. I know the number was 575, but I didn't fully understand what that meant. Apparently, it's some kind of you know tracking that they're using to monitor players' activity. And Dak was doing too much. So good for the coaching staff for doing what they're doing. And again, more thumbs up for Dak. Love him even more because, yeah, that's exactly what I want to see from my quarterback. Yeah, I think it's – it's proof that, you know, Mike McCarthy had a plan, right? When he when he took all of 2019 off, he, he had a plan how he was going to structure things. When he came back, he's clearly a planner. The McCarthy Project, we've heard it all a thousand times. And I like that the Cowboys are establishing those kind of lines in the sand when they're objective and not compromised by the emotion of the moment. Like, hey, Dak looks great in this practice. Michael looks great in this Hall of Fame game. Let's push it, whatever. No, you decided what you decided for a reason. There's no need to kind of adjust that. Uh, Tony, did you do you think anything with Dak was, was manufactured or was kind of glossed up for TV? Because... If, if we're honest with ourselves, he is one of the more self-aware, I think, athletes in the world right now. I mean, he is very well aware of his stature and when the camera's on him uh, and and what comes with that and the influence that he has. I mean, again, we joked about at the end talking about his mic to give a shout out to your girlfriend, whatever. I mean, that that is part of who he is. Do, do you think any of it was inauthentic tonight? I really don't. You know, I, I don't take Dak Prescott as the type of person that uh, goes the goes to practice and tries to mess around. Right. I think he's there for business. I think he's there to get a job done, get better every day. Um, you know, I think that's just who he is within, you know, this inside of practice with his teammates. And, you know, he's an ultimate competitor. And, you know, Mike McCarthy, it comes with that. uh attitude of the greats right sometimes you got to protect the greats from the, themselves you know he's out there he should be getting rehab he should be getting the you know getting his uh, shoulder ready and he's out there and he wants to be a part of the team so I, I think that was a genuine look into Dak Prescott as the quarterback and the leader of the team uh somebody who refers to themselves as a leader often is Jalen Smith and when we found out that the Cowboys were going to be on hard knocks I think all of us thought like it's the Jalen show. Like I honestly thought I'm, I'm not joking. I'm not being silly. I'm not being facetious. I really thought we were going to get something on his number switch in the first episode that felt inevitable to me. Uh, but he was really kind of absent. Tom Ryle, Roy, your co-host on riled up. You can hear them tomorrow on Thursdays. Uh, that's not tomorrow. Never mind. Um, but <laughs> um, you can hear them on Thursdays on the blog and the voice podcast network. Um, Meg, are you surprised that the Jalen was not, really in this episode i mean he was he was rather invisible i am surprised and it makes me wonder like i would normally think he'd be like seeking the camera and trying to be in like every shot um but i feel like maybe just from the backlash he's been getting and he's been getting a lot that maybe he was just trying to lay low mm. 
That's interesting. Um, okay, some other interesting things that we're getting from the comments. Um, let's see here. Uh, great friend uh, Bill Yuma uh, says we need to see Boss Man Fat rapping. That's true. We will. Like, it's our- the rookie show, though. You'll get that in the rookie talent show, right? Great point from Roy. Kelvin Joseph is Boss Man Fat for anyone who somehow wouldn't know that at this point in time. Um, that's a great point. And I get, I would imagine there will be some like rap, like diss to, you know, a receiver he locked down or something like that. That was the other thing. Like Micah Parsons challenging Siwo and then losing, not the best look for, you know, the team's first round draft pick, Tony. You losing. know what I mean? Like it was, it was yeah. all losing. Fun. He got burned. Yeah. Like he got burned so bad that he had to be like complimentary of the dude afterwards. Like, wow, that was a great run. That was like, <laughs> such a tremendous yeah, run. Yeah. I that was a great wow. run, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sir. It was funny to see him, you know, your first round pick calling out who, you know, what is he calling out? A fullback. He thinks he's going to lock him up. It's going to be easy. And just welcome to the NFL. You get smoked by a fullback. So, you know. Smoked. Yeah. Dude. He went from like trash talk to Phillip Rivers really fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so another thing uh, that we learned, I'm trying to find this comment. They are flying in rather fast. Um, let's see here. Uh, DJ Dog, 31. Uh, maybe DJ and Bossman get together here. Uh, Micah wants treats on the sidelines. We did learn this in this episode. We also learned that Penn State has them, you know? So, like, Lions if, are always hungry. <laughs> yeah. And I actually hadn't thought about this until right now, Meg, because we saw that clip when in NFL Films and HBO have done a great yeah. job dropping all these teasers over the last week. Um, but he said, a lion is always hungry, which not was proved to not just be a metaphor is that like because he's a nittany line you know That's what i mean like, or, thing. it's gotta be yeah, i didn't put it, it or, together yeah. either but now that meg expertly has put those pieces in front of us we just ate them all up like a couple of breadcrumbs because yeah that is that's gotta be us staying in that yeah. locker room all the time um, Penn State recruiting is happy for uh, from this episode at hard knocks oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> meg what would be the ideal snack on the sideline like so you got to think about something that is digestible mid-game not you know messy and on the subject of this um i it is my understanding i asked him this once at camp that that jalen smith eats twizzlers during games um so that's a thing so we have yeah go ahead no 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 you he asked you meg i'm sorry Oh, you're good. Um, I I mean, I guess oranges is the cop-out answer, but like what you really want on the sideline is I would like give me some popcorn. Like I could use that as a prop mm, in the it's end too zone. salty. Like, <laughs> but you don't want a hot dog like Mark it's Sanchez. Jerry Jerry sauce popcorn. It is just popcorn. Um, Roy, another question comes to us from Jaeger. I believe it's Borcherding. Uh says anyone else now wondering how heavy a Super Bowl trophy is now? Just me. I gotta be honest. So I watched this episode with my wife, and I generally take her opinions on things as kind of the general temperature of Cowboys fans. I loved that speech that Mike McCarthy gave. She did not. Um, so let's kind of take the the pulse of this room. That was Mike McCarthy's, not Mojo speech, but that was his like, hey, let's take crap serious speech. I did love that he said, you know, getting to the title game is not enough. I mean, he said all these, he said all the right rah-rah things, Roy, but, but that might be a little bit theatrical uh, in your mind. I mean, maybe, but that was actually the best I've heard Mike McCarthy, like the most mm. genuine that I've heard. Now, granted, you know, if Jason Garrett gives that same speech <sighs> two years ago, are we like lambasting him? Probably. But coming from Mike McCarthy, like it is a different message. And you know what? Charlie F around, you know, high, Harry High School, 
they got put on notice, right? <laughs> they got put on notice. And uh, hopefully the other part though, that, that struck out that stuck out to me about that speech was like, that is in line with how they're treating guys in preseason and how they're bringing them along. Right. For Dak, for Zeke, for the guys that are handling their reps. He said, you know, we got four of these and then we've got 17 and then we've got the tournament. Right. And you've got to step, you've got to separate those seasons because those are three entities in and of themselves. So to me that like all lined up, and that's why perhaps the message sounded a little bit better coming from his mouth than it might have coming from his predecessor. And this may be the English major in me, but when he was saying like the trophy was heavy, I was like, is this like twofold? Is it just like heavy expectations on you? Like oh. that kind of thing too. I was like, wow, are we getting deep here, Mike McCarthy? Let's go. Um, lots of commenters letting us know, by the way, that the trophy, the Lombardi trophy, so weighs seven heavy. pounds. Um, that depends. Like what one hand, that is not the lightest thing. You know what I mean? I mean, Do you I see don't know. Pretty light. In the weight room? I'm That's- just saying, like, you know, I I, and but I like the the embellishment. You know what I mean. Yeah. To your point, Meg, like it's heavy. Well, like it's maybe you know. On to something right here. <laughs> um, Tony, did you find that speech to be lame, cool, or, or because it it did? To Roy's point, it did have some Jason Garrett fight isms to it, although not something that would subsequently go on to damage a different team like eight years later, like Jason Garrett has with his mom. <laughs> You know, we all love football, but I think, you know, some of these speeches have a little bit of the corniness cliche of it a bit, you know, it's, it comes with it. And I, but I think, you know, he's, he's been a part of a championship team and and he knows what it takes. So when somebody speaks in front of the room, that's been there and has done and lifted the metaphorical heavy trophy, because it's not really heavy, but you know, to, um, to hear him speak and say that, yeah, you say, okay, this is, this might be a little corny, but I mean, listen, there's a message involved in it. That's true. Um, we saw, I feel like more than ever, a lot of Kellen Moore. And it was still awkward. Like, it was still new to me. Um, not totally used to seeing Kellen um, really speak at all, um, let alone speak in an aggressive tone. Meg, did, did you – maybe I'm alone here. Did, was it, there any kind of weirdness to seeing Kellen for you? Like, it's it is so – it, it's, it's such a stark contrast to go from McCarthy <laughs> to Dan Quinn to Kellen Moore. I, don't get me wrong, I like Kellen more, but he just like to me is like the ultimate goober. And so to like mm. watch him be like really serious and like, I mean, I on, on the sideline he's pretty serious, but we don't get to hear from him. So like watching this was I you know, gave gave him a different layer to me. I yeah, I, I usually just think of him as as nerdy little Kellen over there on the sideline. But <laughs> support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L- 
V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Roy, uh, did Kellen grow up before your eyes tonight? He did. I think he kind of command. He kind of commanded the room to me. Like I, you know, everybody, I think, or at least you know, at least from a guy's perspective, perhaps can relate to like feeling like you were a little bit, you know, the moment was a little bit too big for you, and then you grow into that. And I guess men and women can relate to that fact. But obviously, like that was something that I, I was surprised that I felt about him. Like, oh, he kind of sounded the part. Like, yeah, that's that's worth listening to, which did surprise me. Because Beg's right. Like, when you look at his face, you still see baby Kellen. Uh, I agree. Jaeger has that point. Kellen is so young that it's hard to take him seriously. It, it, he's uh. he's like the 16-year-old that graduated high school early and is like, you know, in your sophomore college class. And you just are like, no, dude, you know, you like barely. Like walks in and he's like... 19. <laughs> I guess so. Um, <laughs> the metaphor that comes to mind for me. Uh, Tony, what did you think? And we we saw this again on social uh, throughout the day of Neville Gallimore's sneeze. Yeah, I just, you know, for, personally, I didn't know what was so funny about it. You know what I mean? He covered I kind it of agree like, with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it just uh, maybe he has a thing within the team that didn't capture that he sneezed a lot, or maybe it comes off like super squeaky. But for the whole room to like stop what they were doing and, and laugh about it, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, um, I, you know, it was funny. Like it more it, more than anything, like Randy Gregory's reaction was really funny. Um, and that's that's somebody who I want to see more. We didn't see. We I actually think this was very different than traditional Hard Knocks episodes. For anyone who hasn't watched any season, you're normally seeing. Seventh round rookies, undrafted free agents, their families. Like that's generally kind of the temperature of this. This did have a Dallas Cowboys vibe, uh, you know, being so heavy with Dak, so heavy with Zeke. Uh, Roy, have you ever given or been given a suitcase um, as a gift, a birthday? Gift? No, no. What a incredible gift, right? Um, <laughs> for a guy like him, uh, I wouldn't really care about something like that, and I would never think to give that. They are very expensive, and that looked like it was an expensive one. What I guess kind of shocked me was that Dag knew exactly what it was once he opened the box, even though it was still in the bag. And those I, bags have um, the <laughs> designer label. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. See, there you go. You're talking to a guy who's never actually seen as a, a designer as a bag, bag lady, like that. The dust <laughs> is important. Yeah, go, oh, go check the price tag of a Goyard bag and you'll see why he was hyped about it. Yeah. <laughs> it also wasn't that big. Like, you know what I mean? It, like, if you're going to spend a lot of money, it doesn't look like it looks like an overnight bag to me. Like, it, it might mean, be the it might be the perfect. Yeah, like the perfect, yeah. you know, to go into Philadelphia, you know, bag or whatever. Um, but I thought I, it made a lot of sense because one, like they know each other really well. And I feel like they're always like trying to look like 
extra on point, extra swaggy when they like, they know they're going to like repost that photo when they're walking up to the plane. And like that bag is going to look really good in that photo. It's a so, fashion show for them. <laughs> See, um, that's I, so I, I want to touch on something that DJ Dog brings up here. We didn't see a lot of sprinkling of other players. It was super heavy on the stars. And normally we would get that. We would get like a little bit of a tease on Ben DiNucci or something so they could start building his story arc or whatever. Um, this, I, I, I guess what I wanted to mention is that I can't recall NFL Films or HBO being in a, as weird of a spot as this because they've been filming forever, right? Like they've, they've been out there forever. I mean, Oxnard, the Oxnard portion of Camp Elise is almost done. They had to get the Hall of Fame game in there. They had to get the Dak injury in there. We didn't even see, I was shocked, we didn't see a lick of Jimmy Johnson or Cliff Harris or Drew Pearson and in, in everything. We saw Peyton Manning, but we didn't see it. We saw Marshall Manning, but we didn't see any Cowboys Hall of Famers. Um, so there was a lot to get into. They didn't obviously get into last weekend's practice, the scuffle with the Rams. That will come next week. Uh, Tony, does this does it feel like we're off, at least from a, a feel sort of vibe standpoint, we're off on, on a bit of a left-footed start and when it comes to previous hard knock seasons? Right. I mean, you look at it. They were there for a while before the before the Hall of Fame game would even get there. So I think that they they had a ton of storylines already, you know, preconceived in their mind as they got there and kind of what they were going to go with. And then it's like, oh, by the way, they have an extra game than everybody else. So, you know, trying to fit that in, they might have kind of just threw it in there a little bit. But, yeah, it just seemed a little different. Like you said, they, they weren't building story arcs, character arcs for some players, you know, the follow through. So, yeah, it's a little different than years past. Uh, Meg, we were told uh, from the narration that it is an honor and a privilege to play the extra preseason game. An honor and a privilege is how it was sold. Um, yeah, I mean, it. You, you love another padded practice against another team, so sure. Uh, yeah, that that was maybe the most like. Um, you know, commercially, it felt to me. Yeah. I, I did not feel that way. I, it, it did feel like football, uh, if that makes sense. And it, it felt like we got the right focus on the right stars. But to your point, Roy, they missed on CD. Uh, we didn't see anything about Blake Jarwin. We didn't see anything about Tyron. We didn't see any. We saw Lyle Collins coming out of the locker room entering the Hall of Fame game. That was a cool clip. Uh, so we didn't see anything on them. We didn't see anything on Trayvon Diggs. We didn't see, you know, we saw the Dono pick that was him on the sidelines. I mean, who who were some players that you wish they would have profiled? Just a little bit, Roy. Well, I think Tony's kind of right that, like, not only did they have some ideas in hand before they got out there, but this episode, by and large, like, if you break it down, it's probably like almost 50% Dak, and mm. rightfully so, because not many hard knocks actually have a quarterback that, like, you've cared about. Right. It was like a guy coming off of a really bad season or, you know, uh, uh, Jared Goff, like uninteresting. Or the number character. one overall pick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, but by and large, like relatively uninteresting. Right. No, In my estimation of it. Um, You're looking so, like, too, by the way, Jared Goff. I, I hear that all the time. <laughs> all the time. Uh, I convinced people at the Super Bowl once I was Nick Foles when he was in it. And uh, got, but that's another story. Um, we, you know, like he is so interesting from the standpoint you know the jordan brand everything that he went through that i think they could do an entire episode on him and still have enough to spend forward episodes on other guys like i fully expect a cd Jalen, 
uh, Trayvon, perhaps profile, like at least those three are still in my mind. The, the rookies, they can all roll in again when we touched on it, but when they get to the rookie, like, you know, deal where they all have to do the talent show, they can touch on all those guys, right? They can give them a little sprinkling all over the place. But for the big ones that we're interested in, Trayvon, uh, Jay, well, I'm not that interested in Jalen, but <laughs> I think we're all interested in seeing what it's going to be when they do finally give it to us. And then a CD, and quite frankly, uh, probably an Amari as well, right? We didn't get anything. Noticeably absent. So Amari, to be fair, has been on the pup list, actually activated off of it today, uh, the Tuesday, the day of the episode, the day we're talking here. And to that point, uh, we did get a lot of Micah. And Meg, I bet you would have thought this was predictable. DJ Dog notes, where was the chess? We, uh, you, like, we did not get a, a chess match you know, moment between Micah Parsons. I know they've been filming it, and I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to, again, I don't want to call anything a miss. It was the first episode, and, like, you you do have to set everything up. And it sounds but silly. But do you think it was a miss? Do you think there was a miss? No, I because think I think they will show it. Thing really threw them for a loop. That's fair, yeah. because they also, it's kind of like, and Roy, you know this, like, when you, when you work in radio and the big story's happening, you know that everybody knows the story but you still have to talk about it on your radio show because you don't know if the one person that is listening in that moment has heard it. So you have to talk about the big story, even though it's been happening all day long. So to that point, they had to revisit the Dak ankle. They had to talk about the Zeke comeback. I mean, there, there are a lot of stories here. And to your point, Meg, the muscle strain, if they had a plan, they were like, holy crap, now we have to focus on this. And I still don't feel like they, they could have drowned the episode with that. And I think they did a good job of, of kind of, they kind of baked it in. You know, it kind of happened naturally, um, as, as terrifying as it was. Um, but, you know, hey, it is. And then they had to get the Hall of Fame game. In. I mean, it was a lot. I mean, it almost could have started last week, and I think we would have been pleased. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, mean I they could have given us an extra, give, it, give us an extra game, whatever. Give us an extra week of hard knocks. Like, give the people what they want. Uh, Izzy World Tony asks if anyone saw Demarcus Lawrence. I only saw him during Mike McCarthy's the Trophy Super Heavy speech off in the corner. Uh, that was the only moment that I saw Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, did, did I miss him in any other moment that you saw? I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, that's the only time I really saw him. He was listening to Coach speak, and outside of that, yeah, you really didn't see him. You didn't see Trayvon. Uh, like you said, we didn't see Amari Cooper. So as many stars as they showed or talked about, there were still a bunch that never really got a you know got some shine or any real uh, attention at all. I thought yeah, I caught. I thought I caught Tank riding a bike. Yes, you know, he, he does He does do that. He famously rode him with Tyrone Crawford. Well, that's the other thing. We'll get Tyrone visiting practice on next week, I bet, too, and, like, you know, some sort of whatever. Um, because they're – and you have to get the hard knocksy things. You have to get the bike riding in. You have to get the pranks and everybody laughing and everybody wearing slides. Like, that's just kind of the way hard knocks goes. Um, okay, let's establish – let's. Brett, I want oh, to oh, okay. Say. okay. <laughs> Sorry, but while we're on it, if I was going to say if they did set anything up, though, I think it was kind of the Dan Quinn and like maybe we're going to get some more defense morsels next week because at the Hall of Fame game, they did make a point to be like all eyes are on him and his defense. And that's when we got the Micah tidbit. I feel like if they set up anything for next week, I think hopefully we'll get some more defense out of them. That's a good point. Okay, so we're going to go roundtable 
answers on a couple of questions. And if you're watching along live, obviously we're podcasting this conversation after the fact. So if you're listening, you can certainly shout it out loud wherever you are. Um, but if you're watching along live, play along, give us your answers. We'll start with one thing that felt predictable that they did not show. We've kind of touched on these things. I'll go first to buy you all some time. I really thought we were going to get Jerry's moment about Jimmy, like talking about how he messed it up. Like that that felt inevitable inevitable to me. That was like great television when it happened in, in the moment. So I really thought we were going to get that. We did not. So I was shocked by that. Meg, you seem the most ready. Um, no offense to Roy or Tony. Uh, but so, uh, you know, so what, what were you – Shocked is a heavy word, but just surprised that that was left out of this episode that felt really predictable over the, the time the Cowboys had began training camp already. Uh, Michael Gallup tumbling over. The fence. That's a great point. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Yeah. How did they leave that off? I mean, not that I like want to see him like tweak his ankle or anything, but that was a, a big moment in practice. That's such a great point. Uh, maybe they are saving that for next week. It feels like the Jerry thing they're definitely not going to show, but the Gallup thing has a chance. I Tony. Jerry has to be mad about that, by the way. Oh, I agree with you. <laughs> I think my my thunder was stolen when we talked about the chess. I really thought that was like, you know, there's some type of symbolism between football and chess. And, you know, oh, I thought, they, you know, you know funny, I thought they could have. I agree. I agree. And I really thought they would work that into the first episode and they, I didn't see it. So. So a lot of commenters are answering Kelvin Joseph. I'm personally not surprised that he wasn't featured, but I will agree with Jaeger here. The airplane mode comment. That would have been a great thing, a classic thing for Hard Knocks to include if they didn't. So I agree that was diff uh, an interesting exclusion. Vance just getting straight to the punch. No boss man fat. Uh, Roy, your thing that you were a little bit surprised by that was uh, left off or that was maybe, maybe it was cut. Maybe it just barely missed the cut for tonight's episode. Yeah. I mean, I kind of already touched on it, like to not have anything with CD lamb of any like major highlights when he really kind of produced like one a day for a week and a half straight. I was a little bit surprised by, again, I'm sure that it's coming, right? I'm, I'm, I'm positive they're going to bring that back at some point. And there were a lot of things that you guys kind of mentioned that, yeah, I guess I was surprised that they, they left out. Another thing, you know who got zero screen time? Steven Give us a clue. Uh, no, he he was talking to to McCarthy originally. Like uh, that was his one moment. He no, I remember because he ha he had that like that blue black camo cowboy shirt on. I thought okay, yeah. Cool. Sorry, he was talking to him, but really like didn't have any kind of. I agree. Yeah, he was highlighted. Yeah, no series. independent moment. Sure. And by the way, they did take us up into the uh, the tower that Jerry gets to sit in. I've been up in there one time. It is like the most exclusive exclusive spot. I can't believe I was ever allowed up there, and I don't really think they intended me to be up there, but I just happened to be standing next to someone that got invited up there. Get that dirt off your shoulder, Roy. I know. Um, kid, I, look, it's all I, I, all I got is memories now, Meg. All I got um, is memories. Was there salt there? Like that's like if there's if there's a, if there are t-shirts to come from this. Um, I, I think that they would, they would read one would say vast deference. Like that would just be the shirt, like a blue shirt, white font, vast deference. Uh, the other would say mojo, right? Like that's the other obvious one. Yeah. Yeah. But the other one is like, just, um, like, I don't know if you guys remember that episode of boy meets world where Corey stands next to a poster. That's just like celery. You know what I'm talking about? He's like having a conversation with Sean about how he's boring. I want to see a shirt with just like a, a salt shaker. You know what I'm saying? Like just the, but like, like you said, it was like a crystal, you know, it was like an elegant, it wasn't your, you know, flat, you know, round one. It had the little like spirally end. You know what I mean? 
Oh yeah, it's the type that you see at a high-end restaurant. Only like they the the ho the hotel staff like probably keeps it around for the one time a year that Jerry Jones comes to town, so they can give it to him. Right. Um, okay. I can just envision a Morton Salt like uh, deal in the works with Jerry over there, like a local salt company. Come on. Well, uh, Jerry's the only man I know who eats a McGriddle with on a plate, an actual plate instead of the wrapper, and uses salt on it. I'm like, Jerry's got to Jerry it. Again, yeah. I, I'm surprised at the like the the just lack of care for the the person on the phone. That's a really loud thing to unwrap. Uh, Meg, Meg, you have a fan in our chat. Vance says Philly for never. That That's is Meg's right, tagline, of course. Um, but so um, okay, one thing you wish they hadn't shown. Again, if you're watching live, give us that answer. And to buy you guys time, I'll say the McGriddle thing. I didn't need that. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I didn't. I didn't need Jerry what? even reacting to it. Like I, I did. I could have done without that. I, I would have rather seen Jerry is whenever <laughs> he's talking, right? Whenever he's interacting on a phone, he is always doing something like he would be stirring his drink so loudly when he would talk to us like in the mornings at times. Um, and he's always like eating something like, yeah, he would be doing, eating eggs. Right. Yeah. Always. He's, you could hear his fork, like clanging against the tape against the, um, the plate. It was, the, the man never stops eating, especially Lainers when he's talking to here. That's <laughs> well, that is my one thing I wish they hadn't but then shown. You wouldn't have your salt shaker shirt. So, um, <laughs> uh, Vance also says, uh, and I, this is predictable. Somebody will edit that moment to, um, shake it like a, sh a salt shaker, obviously. Um, <laughs> Meg, you're one thing you wish they hadn't shown that you could have um, lived without. We'll put it that way. One thing you could have lived without. Didn't need to hear bones talking about his bones. Okay. That's a great way to put it. Um, Honestly, that was funny. Um, like seeing and, and like to me that it wasn't necessary, but like we we have always heard wherever he has coached that he is beloved by his players. Yeah. And and it was really obvious that he has a great rapport and connection with them. Um, it was a little uh, you know, it was a little PG thirteen, I guess. I'm you know down what I mean? for like normalizing men's health care here, but like just the <laughs> like the detail in which we went into, I was like, okay. Um, Vance agrees with you again, Meg. Um, but you refer to it as bones, uh, said his procedures. Um, you know, so it is what it is. Uh, interesting that bones talked about that and Greg's airlines on the pup list. Just, just connecting dots is, is all I'm doing. Uh, Roy, uh, the one thing you could have lived without. I mean, I gosh, I, whenever I watch hard knocks, like I really do kind of take it all in and enjoy almost all of it. Like, I can't think of a part where I was like, you know, this is upsetting me now. Granted, like the bones thing was educational for me again, like <laughs> something I'm considering myself. So I appreciate him willing to have the conversation, even if it was in that setting. Um, we all yeah, learned. Yeah. <laughs> like I loved the friendship angle between Dak and Zeke, like the two of them individually are lovable. So that was, I was entirely fine with. I guess the only thing was going back to like the beginning when we kind of dogged on Leighton Vander Esch for getting on Micah Parsons because he wanted to make every play. Like, don't say that. <laughs> you don't say that. You don't say that. It had shades, and this is going to sound harsh, but it had shades of Xavier Woods's effort comment last year that upset a lot of people. It, it, it's in that neighborhood like if if the xavier woods comment is like the center house of the cul-de-sac like the big badass house 
it's like the first one when you turn in. You know what I mean? Like that's where tonight's latent comment is for me. Um, so it's it's in that that neck of the woods. Uh, that's a good one. Like because you're right. Like we could have spared Leighton um, if if he hadn't you know been there in that moment. Yeah. Tony, the one thing you could have lived without. Um, you know, I'm not the one to tell HBO how to do their job, but if you're going to speak, that's literally know, the talk- purpose of this exercise. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you got, you go from Dax Hartfelt's, you know, his surgery, his trials and tribulations throughout his life, personal life and on the football field. And then you cut it right to CD lamb getting hit in his private area. It's like, I, I, I just, I didn't, you know, if you're going to go with the bones is bone section, I don't think we need to double up on that area too much in a hard knocks episode. So I could have did without the CD lamb part there. Yeah. I mean, there's Seriously. a lot of other CD content to take from. Why did we have to right. go down? Yeah, to your point, Roy, there's <laughs> a lot of great, you know, CD material to work with. Like, why are we wor- focusing on this one? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it, hey, it is what it is. Uh, okay, so that was the one thing that we could have CD's lived nuts without. It's just too low hanging fruit, I guess. I, even yeah, I mean, uh, oh I agree. So, actually, before we leave this subject, uh, Team Rome, uh, I don't know if that's you know, the geographical area, uh, but says uh, LV's comments were taken out of context. He was saying to stay within the scheme. Roy did mention that early on. It's yes. very possible. He might, he might've just been saying like, Hey dude, you know, stick to your role, stick to your assignment. And so we do need the full context. I don't think any of us are like completely killing Leighton for this, but without knowing anything else, it was just an interesting comment. I think well, we're, we're, when you say something like that, like smart Cowboys fans will be like, okay, yeah. Fitting in the scheme. the, Twitter will light him on fire. So, <laughs> yeah, light him, like, that's uh, a really aggressive way to put it. Uh, <laughs> but did you not see that? Because I did. Because yeah. if yeah, I'm Micah, I'm like the scheme, bro. Like, look what it did for y'all last year. Like, y'all need to be acting like <laughs> the scheme isn't going to save you. You know what I'm saying? Y'all need to be acting like you're the only ones that can make a difference. And um, it's not the scheme. But I understand. Yeah. Like, I get where Layton's coming from too on that for sure. Yeah. I agree. Um, that is an interesting point. That had shades of Sean Lee cussing everybody out in New York on All or Nothing. The the that particular moment again. That, we're reading a little bit too into this, um, but it was it was an interesting moment nonetheless. Um, so okay, uh, we still have winners and losers to get to. We will end on a strong note. So the your loser from tonight's episode and loser doesn't have to mean like they suck or they're a loser just like somebody who you know didn't have the best episode that's really what this is about tony we start with you man it's tough i mean it every you know i want to say the pig pile on it but every time you see ben Danucci throw the football it just oh, looks dude. painful God. you know it, it's it's in the front row or it's sidearm the you can't see over the over the offensive line's head so you know it's been a tough week for ben Danucci. I think that he's definitely um, this. He's definitely applicable uh, in this in this sense. So you you win, Tony. You got to go first. So you uh, you got the easy one, Roy. Your biggest loser from the first episode of Hard Knocks. Oh, by the way, Nick does uh, say CD's crotch. Um, so oh, and uh, Sturch says the lineman who didn't get cake, Isaac Alarcon, definitely. That was such yeah. a great moment. Uh, but you did like it was kind of one of those like when you when you're scrolling TikTok and somebody like has a, a sad dog, it's like I don't want to see this, you know. Like I felt badly for Isaac at that moment. Like he lost out on the cake, but he won the internet. So that's true. Uh, Roy, your biggest loser. Yeah, uh, I mean, again, like I keep going back to it just because it's episode one, and there's so much to still know about him. Like Ceedee Lamb was not a winner from this episode. I got lots of winners. Um, but yeah, this one in particular, like CD probably lost a little bit and I suppose 
Jalen not getting like is he does he win by not being on there? Because then we don't have anything mm. to ridicule him for. That's a good. Yeah, that's that's a. But I think I'm getting a ahead of myself. No, Keep well, Meg, Meg is the one who's been deeper, like talking about the heaviness uh, yeah. of the trophy. Like Meg is is Jalen a winner or a loser for not being you know heavily featured tonight? It's a loser. L seven weenie. Um. Yeah. <laughs> also, I really like. There was a lot. I just want to point out that there were a lot of people wearing sunglasses, and I don't believe they're clear-eyed views. So, I mean, losing well, out on sponsorship deals mm, left and right. That's a great point. Uh, really, what did you honestly. think of McCarthy's sunglasses? Oh, his Jamie Foxx sunglasses. Yeah, swaggy. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, trying. <laughs> who is your biggest loser then, Meg? If, I guess Roy kind of took Jalen, sort of, but you oh, you okay, helped him. Well, him. I liked him too, so that was a little unfair, but yeah. <laughs> Jack's uh, lateral muscle. <laughs> I I suppose that's a fair answer. Um, it's not so much here, or like but here, he... but it's like kind of dead here. Now talk about anatomy lessons. I've just like learned a lot about what muscles are connected to what. Uh, that's true. Uh, you guys all missed the most obvious loser, Doctor Evil. I mean, this was all about Austin Powers and and his prevailing and, and his yeah, secret but he weapon. Yeah, hard knocks. I, I know, but I, by the way, I'm really surprised. Like, is is Austin Powers on HBO Max? Like, is is that the platform that that movie's on? Do, mm. Does HBO have the rights? Because if not, I would love to understand the complications involved between you know being able to play that, that clip. Yeah. yeah uh, so I do some music too. So I feel like there has to be something there. That was Watch great. The streams go up. That's true. Uh, oh, that's a great point. Uh, man, maybe Mike Myers is at a Cowboys game this year. You know what I mean? Like the possibilities here. Oh, endless, I need but, that. <laughs> uh, I agree. Uh, but Dr. Evil, just again, the whole point of the mojo was like that was how Austin Powers defeated Dr. Evil. Yeah, so, that's true. Um, you know, hey, so shout out to him um, for, uh, for being Loser was loser. kind of the mojo moment. Like a mojo moment without Dag doesn't really seem like it has much potential to take off. I will so, say – on that on that line, Roy, the weakest moment was when McCarthy was like, "You're missing out on the mojo." Like that was yeah. like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> no, I'm just busting your balls, man." No, you're what not. Do you want me to like, do? You're, I, there was a tinge. I'm glad you brought that up because there was a tinge there of like Mike McCarthy had already told him to get his ass in the locker room and, and get some treatment. Right? He didn't say it exactly like that, but that's what the head coach was thinking in that moment. It's like, what? Why is he still out here? Like, if he needs treatment, then go get him some treatment. Like, what are we doing here? Um, and I think he kind of acquiesced to his quarterback, and Dak, like, acquiesced a little bit as well. Okay, I'm going to go in and get some treatment. Dak didn't want to go in and get some no, no damn treatment. Um, but, yeah, the mojo moment ultimately, like, you're, you're Dak, you miss it out. I know you want to be getting in there. Dak has to real seriously be like, yeah, like, I would punch. I would punch you in the face right now if it meant I could play. My old like, oh, kid, man. I'm just kidding with you. Don't mess with my mojo, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, that I mean, it was super. That was like that. That to me felt like Mike McCarthy was at a party, didn't know how to talk to anybody. You know what I mean? So it's just like I you're missing out on him. Yeah, yeah. Dak's like okay. Um, you realize yeah. that it's kind of a big deal that I can't practice, yeah. right? Like we're all on the same page. Yeah. Um, you just you know. pissed off the one friend you have here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, uh, Wait, uh, is this why Aaron Rodgers didn't like him? <laughs> you know, I would love. This I don't. This is how it starts. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is a big pop culture guy, as we all know. Is he an is he an Austin Powers fan? Like, because if he's not, 
you know, maybe maybe Mike McCarthy's been waiting forever to, you know, go down this rabbit hole. Because like, th- this isn't like, you know, if, I don't know, uh, if he referenced, like, you know, Loki. I mean, everyone's like, okay, th- you were busy this summer. You know what I mean? Like, you've been streaming. But, like, he went, <laughs> he, he went do, like, deep. Some you know? sort of Big Little Lies reference and get, like, a Shailene Woodley in there and, like, really oh. piss off, uh, sorry, make uh, Aaron Rodgers mad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, so I, I just... How long has he been holding on to like, cause at, at some point he was like, that's going to be a motivational tool. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, uh, I mean, watch I don't know what that mojo moment was. I going to say, um, I think it's possible. It's just the last movie he actually like saw, you know, but if I had had to guess like Mike McCarthy's favorite movie, I never would have guessed Austin Powers if I'm being totally honest. Um, you know, and, and also like, Hey, why not? What would you have guessed? Uh, I would have guessed like Conair. Um, you know what I mean, or Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, yeah, Forrest <laughs> Gump, or um, like like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you know what I mean, like <laughs> something like that. Um, but uh, oh, Brent did the work. Austin Powers is available on HBO now. Look at that. Um, nice. So cross um, promo. <laughs> yeah. Take now, how much did McDonald's pay for both the McNuggets and the McGriddle reference? That's what I want to know. That's a and really, it, Jerry, the businessman, you're not going to have one Miller Lite just for fun, right? Just to have it on the table. Well, we, we did see all the Deja Blue. You know what I mean? The, the water. Yeah, we <laughs> saw did. like a thousand we water did. bottles. We did. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Vance with a great answer to his favorite movie. All the right moves because he's a Pittsburgh guy. <laughs> that was the other thing. Yeah. Like. I did not expect the like Pittsburgh introspective moment, you know, like that was a little, a little out of left field for me, you know, yeah. like yeah. I, I get it that that's who you're playing, but uh, Hey, it is what it is. Okay. Winners from the episode. Uh, Tony, you go first. Um, for me, it was Dak Prescott. I mean, it's low hanging fruit to say that, but just to kind of see him within the element, you know, kind of d- discuss how his, you know, his personal life is how football is his escape. You see how he is as a leader with the team. It, for me, it was just, it was an easy win for me to say, like, because I wanted to come in and see, to see how he was with his teammates. And I think we get a good, clear picture of that. Yeah. Uh, QB1 all the way. I mean, it was a, a great Dak episode, especially at the end. Dak, you know, has been watching movies clearly himself, mentioned uh, the annexation of Puerto Rico. Uh, so, you know, obviously a uh, little Giants fan. Um, the Cowboys lose in that movie, but they don't in real life, obviously. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. incidentally, Dak was hurt against the Giants. So there's some weird symbolism to that. Uh, Meg, your biggest winner from the premiere episode of Hard Knocks. I'm going to have to go with Zeke. And it's because, I mean, he had such a hard last year, like fumbles galore, like just looked rough all around and just didn't have a good year. And to come back, he looks like lean, mean, like he's going to, the ball looked like it stayed in his hands. Like we don't have to worry about his bones, his bones, but like, (laughs) but I mean, and you got to see his personality too. I think that gets lost a lot. Like people get really mad at him, like, for his, like what he does on the field and then they forget like how much like a like how much personality he has and like what he brings to the team on the sidelines so for both of those reasons okay that's fair a uh, little bit of a low-hanging fruit choice as well so you know hey you and tony just taking the easy way out roy be be different well the winners are all like heavily featured uh winner was micah parsons the locker room leader Right. Uh, the play that we described of him getting burned by a fullback, like 
that wasn't enough to make him the overall winner of the episode because that was quite a knock against your your overall ledger, right? That knocks you down from an A to like a B minus. But still, overall, winner because I came away from it feeling better about Micah Parsons than I did even before, and, and I feel good about his play. So I'm not as concerned about him getting burned by the fullback in one-on-one drills. Um, I agree with that. Also, on that note, like in that moment, when they tweeted out the Lion is Hungry clip, I won't lie. At first, it was like, this is kind of lame. You know what I mean? Like, this this is a little lame just on its own. But seeing the full context, it, it made sense because he was talking about different things. Like, so it, it worked. So I'm glad that they bailed him out because that was not cool when they did that last week. Yeah. Well, there there were uh, that was a big winner. I think, uh, again, McDonald's was a big winner. Not one, but two mentions of both McNuggets and McGriddle references. Uh, Jerry, I don't know if he's a big winner uh, you know, billionaire being a dollar menunaire type of guy. Um, because I think, again, that's like shocking to me that this man could have lobster flown in from the other side of the country, right? He could have it flown in from Maine and eat that every morning. And yet he just goes to an establishment that like you or I could walk to from probably where all of us are right now, right? We could all walk to one of those. That's the thing, too, like having spent a couple summers in Oxnard and Roy, Meg, you can corroborate this. McDonald's would be like the 50th place I would eat at. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I've ever eaten at McDonald's. Don't even know where they are. Like, I know that area. (laughs) Don't even know where they're located in that area. Um, yeah, think he's like, just an old man. Like he's not paying attention to the rapper, and he's just like, "Give me McDonald's." I know, I know, I like. Maybe McDonald's. he has it flown. Maybe he actually has it flown in. Like maybe there isn't one in Oxnard, <laughs> and he has it flown in, and that's the opulence that he is capable of. He also, um, when he unwrapped it, the bottom was facing up. You know what I'm saying? Like that's never a good thing because then you got to flip it over. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to be one of those weirdos that eats it with the bottom facing up. And so, um, yeah, it's just I. I don't know. That's and like he was working. I'm not a fan of eating while you're working. Like your fingers get greasy. Um, oh, just gotta have a gotta have. I mean, Micah wants to eat people. while he works, so it's true. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Micah's a great winner, uh, but you're right. Getting burned by Siwo, who's uh, on the men right now. We're all rooting for him to get healthy. Uh, not a great moment for Micah, but other than that, everything really solid. Also, winner Micah's parents. I thought everything with his mom was really sweet. Um, that was a lot of fun. That was kind of the only real family we saw. Um, my small winner is Dak Prescott's travel um, etiquette now that he has his new suitcase. He's obviously mm-hmm. going to be, you know, moving and grooving in, in, in different fashion, which is good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it seemed like something he wanted, which is a difficult thing to do when you give a gift to anybody. Um, my winner uh, overall. Who won that gift exchange, by the way? Zeke said he, Dak gave him a diamond bracelet. I, I think game. Dak might have won, to be honest. If you look up the Goyard prices, <laughs> it would be close. Yeah, You're going to be able to see that a little better in the photos they're going to post. So, I mean, both great gifts, but, you know. See, I the bracelet would be too cumbersome for me. Like, it reminds me of the episode of Friends where Chandler and Joey have it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's difficult. It's difficult to hold your phone up. You know what I mean? Like, it's just – yeah. By the way, winner, winner Zeke's wrapping – not technique, but attitude. Okay, he showed no quit. Right, Gift yeah. rapping, not, it, not Kelvin Joseph rapping. Just to right. Be clear. right. And, and Meg mentioned it like he, you know, he was never going to quit on that thing. And no. as relatable as that was to watch, you know, the him pulling up YouTube videos trying to explain how to do rapping, like 
he gave up on that. He gave up on that a little bit too quick. But outside of that, like he still had the stick to itiveness that Speaking I like. Speaking of from someone my- who could just like have someone do something for them, like he could have had someone wrap that for him, yeah. but he was like, "No, I'm going to do this myself." Also. <laughs> Kudos to Zeke for having the gift in Oxnard because, you know, that had to be a chore, like to have it delivered there. He could have just said, I'll give it to Dak when we get back. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to hassle with all, you know, because like, you know how it is when you order like on Amazon to like an address that you don't use all the time. And then it's like you got to delete it from the order history. It's it's a cumbersome process. And so uh, kudos to Zeke for being thoughtful, as you mentioned, Troy. Uh, Troy, goodness. I'm, uh, I, we didn't see Troy. How we didn't, I, I thought we were going to see Troy, too, at the Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, not a one so, of them. I think they already had this episode in the can before that hall of fame stuff went like they had the game and they packed it up right yeah, before the Jimmy ceremony took place over the weekend messed up because jerry set that up and you know he was full acting when he was getting all emotional up there mm. he was like this is gonna make great tv i've been saying this in the last few days and i don't want to like make this about anything but hard knocks but also jerry specifically said in the state of the union that oh i don't want to talk about you know Jimmy in the Ring of Honor. I don't want to distract from his Hall of Fame weekend. Literally five minutes before the Hall of Fame game, he's like, yeah, he's going to the Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like he, he totally <laughs> stole the thunder that he said yeah. he didn't want to steal. Uh, Bill Yuma notes that Dak's bag was $5,500. Uh, Tony, so- is that correct? Is that accurate? <laughs> It's not, I mean, it sounds right about the ballpark. So okay. it yeah. also could have been, and maybe it did have like, I, I kind of expected a gift within the suitcase. You know what I mean? Like something, you know, like a little bit of a continuation sort of thing. But um, Meg, is that a lot? That doesn't, that doesn't sound like actually as much as I maybe would have thought. Like, I mean, that's pretty on par with like Louis luggage. So early in the okay. time, I should say. But okay. I got what you're, I got, we, Louis, we're with you. I'm with you there. <laughs> um, also, uh, not a winner. Not uh, Nick also notes, by the way, shipping was involved, clearly. Um, so, you know, hey, it is what it is. Uh, we did not see any celebrities. I really thought that would happen. Like, you know, that there's generally people rolling around, thought that would have happened a little bit. Uh, but so, hey, it is what have it is. Have there My been win- a whole lot of them out there? Outside no. of like NFL network celebrities, which, you know, celebrities, but they're also out there doing a job like, I don't believe that we've had the Jamie Foxx's, Denzel Washington's, Mark you know, Wahlberg, right? Modern yeah, sure. Family types. Uh, we're probably not going to get you know Chris Harrison out there. Um, he was based- actually out there with Blake Jarwin. They had dinner. Was he really? See, that's the kind Look of insight that Meg is yeah. going to bring you. Make sure you <laughs> listen you to her covered. podcast on Fridays because I promise you, that's the stuff you're not going to hear anywhere else. I, I did not know that. <laughs> Yeah, Blake uh, and his wife went to dinner with Chris Harrison and Lauren Zima. So you're welcome. Nice. Okay. Insight. Uh, that explains why he wasn't on the episode. He's too busy. Blake yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Doing different things. Uh, are we gonna you know. get a are we gonna get a Jarwin Schultz like position battle? Right? Oh, because dude. It, like rank the position battles that you would like to see highlighted, right? Defensive line, safety. You know, second cornerback, I suppose, is one that's potentially up for grabs as well. And then, you know, as I just mentioned there. 
on that subject, we also didn't get Malik Hooker showing up. You know what I mean? Like you would have thought that that would have happened again. Uh, there was a lot of material to pack in here, and I realize that maybe they'll kind of spill over into next week. But um, just just some not not misses, but just are, are the things we've noticed. Um, uh, nobody asked for my winner, which is offensive, but uh, I'll give it to you anyway. Uh, Dan Quinn, I thought it, he didn't have the starry debut. I thought he would, but I thought everything with him was really great. Also, kind of classic, you know, old school ball coach. Um, clearly, RJ after loves the F bombs, guys. There is <laughs> yeah. no one that loves the F bomb more than RJ Oakshaw. But he um, turns his hat backwards before putting on the, you know, the oh, headset. Loser, though, loser Dan Quinn and his ability con- to connect on the fist bump. Like, either he held it too long in the yeah. booth and he just didn't realize there was no one left, or he was looking for a connection and just failed to make it. That, that's uh, true. That's preseason rust, right? But that's- winner, winner, Dan Quinn's uh, internal discipline. You know, t- he listens to Micah. Can I get one more? Nope. Like just, just that wasn't even wasn't even a conversation. Nope, you can't shut it and, down. Yeah. Winner is me and Kelsey nicknamed him Swag Daddy Dan on our podcast, so he's welcome. <laughs> nice. I don't see like I wouldn't. I wouldn't now, say yes. Now he, now he introduced He's coming himself. out here with these Air Forces and backwards hats. I'm going to call him Swag Daddy Dan. That's true. Now, what do we think about, did he give himself, hey, Mike, it's DQ here. Did he give himself the nickname of DQ? Or did, you know, do you no. say, hey, it's Coach Quinn? That's hey, it's actually- Coach. Hey, it's the DC. But no, hey, it's DQ. What's up? What's up, bro? He it's DQ. Mike is like being in Texas. Because, you know, DQ, that's what I like about Texas. Wow. Two fast food chains mentioned in tonight's episode, McDonald's and DQ. Interestingly enough, Whataburger not mentioned, even though Patrick Mahomes has taken them up to Missouri. Uh, So all of a sudden, you know, the orange and white stripes have some competition. Uh, Mustoman6 says that somebody found the link to Dak's bag on Twitter. Uh, Goyard, tell me if I'm pronouncing this incorrectly, Tony. Black Goyardine coated canvas and leather Borgay PM. It is a trolley valued at $13,230. Some people don't even hit that value on Jeopardy. I mean, that's There's a lot like of money. three words on that screen that I can't pronounce. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that sounds more up to par for what I was thinking. Yeah, I think baseline model. Tony, when, when we mentioned 55, Tony was like, man, Zeke got a great deal. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, wow. Who's, okay. who's his dealer? <laughs> Um, okay. It was a really, really fun episode. Uh, we had such a great time recapping it. We will be doing this every Tuesday. As soon as the episode is over, you can follow Roy on Twitter at rw 3 You can hear him every Thursday on the blog of the voice podcast network with Tom Ryle. You can follow Meg on Twitter at Meg Murray. That's Murray with four R's. You can hear her on girls talking boys every Friday with Kelsey Charles. Tony is on Twitter at Tony underscore Catalina. You can read his fine work at bloggingtheboys.com, our main hub for everything that we do. Does anybody have any final thoughts? Any any words you just have to say before we leave or else you won't be able to sleep tonight? The rookie's gambit is coming. Just wait. Mm. <laughs> Somebody just have something else. We fan. can't end on that. Okay, that's a good one. Roy. Have one. <laughs> Dallas forever, Philly for never. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, great. man. Thanks to the captain, RJ Ochoa. Always doing a great job of keeping everybody in line and coming with lots of questions to keep you guys entertained. And uh, yeah, that was a great episode. And I imagine we're going to only get a lot more of it. They're going to start by looking back in this next episode. I promise you there's going to be a lot of stuff, including the fight with the Rams. And who punked out on Tony Pollard? Like, 
I almost want to get a one-on-one office-style interview with that individual as he tried to, you know, punch Tony Pollard and run away from him. Like, I, I like that. I like that that's on your want list. I want the pepper to Jerry Salt. Like, you know, like I, I feel incomplete, so uh, we need He didn't have a happen. pepper shaker. Did you mm-hmm. watch the I, – I didn't see a pepper. That's what I'm saying. Like we've, we've got to get some balance. You know what I'm saying? Like we've got to, you know, get the pepper or maybe like a bottle of Cholula. You know what I mean? Like it, it can't, you can't just be dressing things with salt in your life. Watch there's, the there's next episode. More. He's got like all of his brands. <laughs> he's like, got like a, like a lazy, like a lazy like Susan. Spun. He's just like yeah. spinning around and yeah. <laughs> um, maybe he flies in that lobster you were bragging about, uh, Roy. So, okay. Everybody, thanks for joining us. If you were here live, we will be podcasting this conversation. If you missed any part of it, subscribe to the blog of the boys podcast wherever you get your podcast you can hear all of our shows everybody's show is in one neat nice tidy perfect umbrella uh so yeah roy give us the last word the last thing and then we end it go stop putting all the pressure on me to give them something amazing look you got a great episode okay episode two is next week hit the subscribe button on the youtube page and you won't miss it you'll get alerted to the fact that we're going live right after the episode okay we'll, we'll get you set right you don't even need to watch the episode just watch us Yeah, leave us a review. Tell us how pretty we are. Well done. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Stars.